Hello, and welcome to the Without Exception podcast. My name is Josiah Ott, and on this podcast, I seek to share practical content for everyday Christians. My hope is that I can help you live out your faith each day without exception. Welcome to episode 33 of Without Exception. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is titled, Who is My Neighbor? I'm sure that probably all of us would agree on one thing, and that is that the world today is incredibly divided. The church is divided on a lot of things. The world is divided on a lot of things. There's a lot of division in politics, in in the news, all these things. There's so many different perspectives. And it's not like there's a lot of middle grounds, it seems. It seems like it's really very often extremes and there's not a lot of compromise and it's really kind of a device, divisive time. And so I kind of want to speak to this from a Christian perspective. I know that I succumb to this myself at times. I try I try to be reasonable with, with how I handle things, but even me, sometimes I can really lean so far one direction that I can be unwilling to compromise and maybe be rude or whatever. And not necessarily that you should compromise on your values, but there are different things where you might want to um, be willing to maybe love your neighbor. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I, I recently, I, I'm taking a new class. I just started uh, pretty much right now, I guess, but we get, we get a chance to get ahead a little bit. And I had to read, start reading this book and I very much dislike this book. I do not like it at all so far. I have not had much of anything that I, I don't want to say there's not much I agree with, but there's a lot in this book that I disagree with. And I found as I was reading it, I was really getting kind of fired up and I'm like, you know, this, this book is junk. And I just, you know, I wasn't really nice about it. And it's a Christian book to some extent. I mean, the, the woman claims to be a Christian, but there's a lot of other issues other than Jesus that we do not see eye to eye on it, at all. And it was it's hard for me to read. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't I don't agree with her points. I don't agree with this, really any of it. And so it got me back to thinking about th- this. This is a, um, a little bit of a, a teaching that I had to prepare for a previous class. And it kind of put it back in my own court where I'm like, you know, I need to do a better job here. And so in light of that, and the fact that it's something I'm dealing with, and I think all of us would agree that there's probably somebody we encounter at some point or an idea or whatever that we strongly disagree with and how we should handle that. So that's what I want to speak to. Again, it's something I don't always do perfectly, but it's something that I'm dealt with just recently. And I mean, I don't even know this lady, right? Like, it's not like I don't have a clue who she is, but an author I I don't particularly agree with. I wouldn't buy another one of her books unless I have to. But I want to start in by reading a passage of scripture from Luke chapter 10. It is a very familiar passage probably, but I hope that it is still edifying to you. And I hope it's not one of those things where sometimes we can hear something like, oh, I've heard this a thousand times and I'm just going to tune it out because of familiarity. I've already heard it. I know everything there is to know. Well, I hope you can still stick around and it will be a blessing to you. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25 And this is from the Gospels, and this is a story that Luke shares, and it says, Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And the man answered, Well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, obviously, we're not saved by works, but Jesus is testing this man just in the same way that that 
he's trying to test Jesus. Jesus is taking this a level deeper, which is pretty awesome. Because the man, he he's like, okay, well, he retorts and he says this. It says, but he desiring to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So then Jesus replied with a parable that a lot of us are probably familiar with. And he says, there's a man and he was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers. They stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. And something I love about the teachings of Jesus is you know, a parable is technically a fictional story, right? It, it's, a, it's a story to prove a point, but it necessarily it didn't necessarily happen specifically. But this is a very realistic parable. Like for one, something that's kind of neat that I found is that going to Jericho from Jerusalem, you actually traveled down like thousands of feet. So it's like he's traveling down to, to Jericho, literally. And it was a very, very common road to be, to have, have robbers on and to actually like have to deal with this problem. So even though this is technically a fictional story because it's a parable, it's incredibly realistic. So it hits really close to home for these people. And so Jesus is kind of giving them a very real life scenario here. So there's this guy, he's traveling on this road, he gets wounded. And then Jesus says, now by chance, a priest was going that down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the, to that same place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. So you've got a, a priest, one of, one of the J- Jews who is in a religious leadership position, just ignores him. It'd be like almost like a pastor today saying, oh, there's somebody in need. Well, you just forget him. And a Levite, Levite was a, from the tribe of Le- Levi, again, part of the Jews. So he was a good guy, somebody that this lawyer would have agreed with. Lawyer was a, probably a Jewish lawyer as far as we know. So it would have been somebody kind of on his team. So we could just say another Christian. So you have a pastor and you have a Christian. And both of these people ignore this guy who is in need. And then Jesus says this in verse 33, he says, but there's a Samaritan. And as he journeyed, he came to where this man was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Now, I think the one of the most missed things in this parable, at least until I, I had kind of researched it out and kind of put these things together, is that some, if you don't know who Samaritans were, Samaritans were hated by the Jews. The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. And so that's the great irony of this parable is that you got you got this these religious people, they're p- people of God, and they're coming along and they're the example. They're the pious ones. They're the ones that everybody would look to for an example. And they ignored this man in need. But then there's a Samaritan, this hated group of people. They're the worst. The Jews could not stand them. And this guy just so happens to be the example. Now, why do they hate the Samaritans? Well, the Samaritans were kind of like half-breeds, I guess is probably the derogatory way to say it. They were half-Jew and they were half-Gentile, non-Jew. So in, in the Old Testament... When the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, was conquered, the, the, a lot of them were taken away into other areas, and they ended up intermarrying with these other these other foreign nations. And so the Samaritans were basically the leftovers that were half Jew and half not. And, and they actually still worshipped Yahweh. They worshipped the same God, at least as far as we know. But they didn't be- believe in worshipping in Jerusalem. If you know the story of Jesus encountering the woman at the well, she was a Samaritan woman. And that's what she has to say to Jesus. She says, Jesus, we're supposed to worship on this mountain. But Jews say you worship in Jerusalem. So there was that division there. But overall, they were kind of close to being Jews. But because they had intermarried, they ended up becoming very... Uh, not popular among the Jews. And interestingly enough, another ironic thing is that the Samaritans were actually literal neighbors. So there's the region of Galilee and the region of Judea, which were both both primarily Jewish. In between those two regions was the region of Samaria, where these Samaritans were from. 
And so this, you got this lawyer who's like, well, what do you do? Oh yeah. Love your neighbor for love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I know that I do that all the time. And then, and you know, Jesus is like, good job. And then he's like, well, but who's my neighbor? And he goes and he's like, you know, trying to justify himself like, oh, my neighbor is probably Jews because you know, that's, it's his neighbor and I love Jews, but does this man love Samaritans? Well, certainly not. And so he tries to justify himself by asking this other question. And then the irony is the Samaritan who he probably would not have loved is the example. And he's actually kind of a literal neighbor, at least geographically with the regions. And so the Samaritan goes to finish the parable in verse 34. It says that he went to the man in need. He bound up his wounds. He poured on oil and wine. And then he set him down on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So then Jesus asks this lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said to the lawyer, you go and do likewise. And so we can see from this parable that Christians are never to be selective when loving others. For Christ has called us to love everyone not just fam or not just our family and friends, but everyone, including even our enemies, even the Samaritans. Like they're the, there's these awful people. We don't like them. They're culturally different. They're they've intermarried with these other nations like they weren't supposed to. But you should love them too. And that's one of the great ironies of this passage is that then this guy that who who was trying to justify himself, he was self righteous. He loved his neighbor. Well, not really. And one of the things I love is that he's asking Jesus, you know, who's my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't answer the question. Instead, Jesus basically explains to this lawyer, this is how you are a neighbor. This is how you be a neighbor to somebody else, to somebody in need. And so the question is, if you're really, if you're asking the question, who's my neighbor, then you're missing the point. The point is to love everybody. There's a, a funny story. You've probably heard it before of a, of a man who was in counseling and he's like telling the, telling this pastor uh, that he doesn't love his wife anymore. I don't know where the story came from, but I've heard it. And I always think it's funny. And he's a Christian guy. And he doesn't love his wife. He tells the pastor, I, I don't love my wife anymore. I can't love her. And the, the pastor says, you can't love her as your wife. Nope. I can't. He says, well, can you love her as a sister in the Lord? And then the man says, no, I can't even love her that way. And then the pastor says, well, can you love her as an enemy? And the man says, maybe we can start there. And it just goes to show that Christians were, were all of us, we're not really not exempt from loving others. Doesn't mean affirming. It doesn't mean that we always have to agree, but there does have to be a balance between, okay, I'm, I'm not affirming maybe a different lifestyle that I don't agree with. But at the same time, how do you handle that? Like even Jesus, when he encountered people, he didn't condemn them, but he also didn't affirm them in their sin. And so when we look at all the issues that are dividing in the world today, especially since COVID came around, you know, what do you, what do you do? Oh, you have to mask. You don't have to mask. You have to vax. You don't have to vax all these things or which side of the political aisle are you on and all. And it's really caused a lot of division. And it's like, you know, as Christians, we should set the example of loving one another. And even in the church, it's so easy to, to judge other people in the church who maybe don't see things exactly like you. And I, I just wanted to challenge everybody who listens with this, you know, with this parable, because it hit me when I'm just reading this book and I'm like, man, I don't like this lady. Like I, I disagree with her on all these things. And then I'm having to check myself and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm self-righteous at times. I'm justifying myself. And I'm like, 
and she's a believer. Like she might not agree with me, but she's a believer. She's not even an unbeliever. She's not even my enemy. You know, you know, like what's this say for me? Christians are supposed to be known by their love. Jesus said that's that's how people will know his disciples is by love, not by right doctrine, not by right behavior, but by their love for one another. And so if we don't get that right, we don't get anything right. We're, we just don't have it right at all. And so it's it's a challenging thing because we all have our own ways and our own beliefs. And, and that's good, but at the same time, we have to be careful. And it's important to remember that the love that we show for others, it's always an overflow of the love of God that has come to us and that we've received in Christ. If you think that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners, that's how God shows his love for us in that way. It was a sacrificial love that he sent Jesus to the cross while we were still sinners. And if all of us have been loved in this way, you know, in such a great way by God, then we can take that love and give it to others and realize that as Christians, that's, that's supposed to set us apart. We've received this love in Christ and then we can give it to others, even if we don't agree with them. Like we don't agree, but we were enemies of God. We were sinners. We, you know, we were in this terrible position until Jesus died for us. And he didn't say, well, you, you know, I'm not willing to die for you until you get half clean. No, instead we were still sinners and he went to the cross. So we can do the same thing when we, when we look at other people. And again, I love that there's no end to this story. You know, it, it kind of puts it back on you. It's like, well, what's the end? It's like, well, Jesus says, go do likewise. The, the, the question isn't who's my neighbor. It's how to be a neighbor to other people, how to love those whom God brings into our path, even if we don't agree with them. Remember the Samaritan, he was this detested person just because of who he was and, and his, his heritage that he received and being intermarried with these other foreign nations. And yet he was the example. And it really just shows the hypocrisy of this man. So oftentimes, you know, these stories we read from the life of Christ and the gospels, they're difficult and they're convicting. And there's no way to get around this, but we can see here that the self-righteous man was corrected by Jesus and shown that he truly was not as obedient to the greatest commandments as he thought. When Jesus went and, and put it on him and said, look, you know, who, who's your neighbor? Well, I'm going to show you how to be a neighbor. Then all of a sudden he completely realizes like I've, I've fallen short. So in light of this, we must remain humble before God and dependent upon his grace to live the Christian life we're called to live. And it'll never be easy, but in the end, obedience is always worth the cost. And so with that, I thank you for tuning into this episode of the Without Exception podcast. I pray that this episode has been edifying to you and that it is something you can put into practice in your own life. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. If you were listening on Apple, I would love it if you would leave a review. It helps with the exposure of the show. That said, I pray you have an awesome week, and until I see you next time, let's live out our faith each day without exception.